Hi, I'm Tammy Hicks-Jackson. Welcome to my podcast. I am a Christian pastor in the United Methodist tradition, and this podcast covers a variety of topics. You may find anything from Bible study and devotions to yoga and meditation from a Christian perspective to my thoughts on Christian leadership and the church. Look for the descriptions and the tags for each episode to find what you're interested in. And thanks for taking this journey with me. Let's jump into this episode. In 1 Samuel chapter 26, David has another opportunity to take Saul's life, but once again, he spares them. Some want to say that this is a variant version of the previous story, but the details are a little different. He probably did have a second time when he could have killed his adversary. Um, Calling to Abner here is a sign of disrespect to Saul. He calls out to his commander instead of him, and he's implying dereliction of duty. He should not have been able to sneak in and get among them the way that he did. In chapter 27, um, there are those scholars who feel that this material belongs much earlier in the narrative, that this belongs back when David first fled. King of Achish gives him some land, and he receives mercy throughout David's leadership because of it. We see the phrase again, to this day. So a lot of time has passed between the actions happening here and the telling of the story as they're captured. Notice that David is not entirely honest with King Achish. um, And he's not criticized for his dishonesty. He's seen as being shrewd and crafty. In chapter 28, Achish believes that he can trust David Um, He must have had a a good demeanor and a charismatic personality. Many times, foreign bodyguards were more loyal than natives because the foreign bodyguards only had a job as long as that person stayed in power, so as long as they did their job well. Native bodyguards would have been subject to recruitment over to coups that might take place. In chapter 28, verse 3, we see that Saul tries to eradicate prophecy in the country, um, whether it is legitimate or not. This is probably to consolidate power. He doesn't want anyone appealing to God has said to me as a way of contradicting anything that Saul says. Once again, we see his insecurity. Um, But Saul ends up wanting to talk to a prophet. He ends up going to the witch of Endor. In verse 13, she says that she talks about seeing divine beings, and it is plural. She most likely sees many souls in Sheol, the realm of the dead, one of which is the one that Saul is seeking to speak with. In chapter 29, the Philistines reject David. They don't want to fight alongside him. They don't trust him. Um, And in this case, the Philistines are right and Achish is wrong, um, even though he strongly stands up for David. Chapter 30, the Amalekites have raided the city that Achish gave to David. They burn it down and they take all the women and children captive. So now David needs to know what to do. Notice that David consults with a priest and not a medium or a witch. He goes to a legitimate source. Of hearing from God. Um, And he also makes a policy among his troops that is going to win him favor and increase their loyalty to him, that the spools of battle are shared 
regardless of the role you play. So those who had fought and given all they had and needed a rest and weren't in the final victorious battle, they're still going to be rewarded for their service. That's a pretty smart thing for him to do. And in chapter 31, we see that Saul the king dies in battle. He's very afraid of being tortured. So he asks his armor bearer to kill him. But the armor bearer is afraid that he'll be killed for killing the king. So Saul commits suicide and kills himself. Um, Jonathan and Saul's, um, Jonathan and Saul's other two sons, Abinadab, um, and Malkishu are all killed in this battle. Um, the Philistines behead Saul and uh, send it around on a, on a tour, proclaiming they've killed the king of Israel, but they hang their bodies on the city wall. Um, the locals will finally go and remove them and give and burn their bodies. Uh, burning was an honorable alternative to burial. And this brings the book of 1 Samuel to an end. Before we go, I want to back up just a little bit to chapter 28 and say a word to more about the witch of Endor. This woman apparently has a gift of prophecy. She's a medium, a psychic. That's something very popular in our world today. What becomes important is not the gift, but the source the gift comes from and the purpose for which the gift operates. In the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, there is the gift of prophecy. There's the gifts of healing. There are words of knowledge and words of wisdom, things we come to know that we have no other way of having known. What makes what Saul does wrong is that he goes to someone outside their faith, outside their community. He does not go to his God and to those who facilitate hearing from his God. He goes outside of that. And if you talk to scholars, we would be very divided on whether or not Saul actually talks to Samuel, whether or not we can have communications between this life and the life after, or whether it was simply a pretending spirit, or whether this woman faked the whole thing. Saul seems pretty convinced that he talks to Samuel. But we as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ, we believe in the supernatural. We believe that God can do far above all we can think or know or ask, um, that, that things can happen beyond the natural created order. But we want to always affirm that those gifts operate under the authority of the one true living God and in connection with God's purposes and kingdom. So that takes us through the book of 1 Samuel. We'll pick up with the second half of what was originally one book in a later podcast.